play-by-play for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right on Radio. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. High and lifted up. High and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. 
holy, holy, I want to see you. Holy, 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 I want to see you. Ladies, sing, open the eyes. Holy, 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 I want to see you. Holy, 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 I want to see you. You are holy, 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 Welcome, everyone. Happy Sunday to you. I'm glad that you are here, the ones that could make it. Welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful song that is by Paul Balash, Open the Eyes of My Heart. And, you know, it's really fitting for this chapter, chapter 8, which we're going to be starting today. Because if you can only see, if you can only see how good our Lord is. And you know, um, we just finished the Sermon on the Mount, and I'll just repeat what I've said the last few weeks, last several weeks that we did the Sermon on the Mount. If there is one particular subject you wanted to study and do it in depth, I would suggest to you that the Sermon on the Mount is well worth it. It is certainly one of the highlights of all biblical text. And there's a lot to learn from it. And as we begin chapter 8... This is immediately following the Sermon on the Mount. So this is continuing same day. In fact, it starts off with when he came down from the Mount, right? So he just finished giving this epic 
you know, God speaking to people, God in flesh speaking to people and saying things that were contrary to everything that the world thinks and every process that is in you naturally because you have a sin nature. Everything he says goes against everything that the world will teach you. In many ways, and I use Egypt as a metaphor, but it's, he was bringing the people out of Egypt. For those who had eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray over you right now. I prayed, you know, before hitting the broadcast here, but it's worthwhile. Holy Father, holy, holy, holy is your name. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, God, for being in the flesh and even showing us the Father as Jesus is the perfect reflection of the Father in the flesh and for making a way for us, Lord. And you did not abandon us. You sent your Holy Spirit to dwell within us. Lord, there's no words in our language that can express the gratitude Lord, I just pray that each one of us in our own lives will become more molded into the reflection of Jesus. And Jesus, you gave us the perfect example. There was not one flaw. There was not one misgiving. Although the world will certainly accuse you of that, but Lord, that gives me even greater faith. If the world hates you then you are truly who you claim to be, the Son of Man, the Son of God. Holy Spirit, minister to each one of us this morning. Lord, let each person receive from you, Lord, what you have searched them out to found wanting or needing. And Lord, fill that Fill that with your presence. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm ready to go. How about you? <laughs> Tell me if you are ready. Um, I am highly caffeinated this morning. <laughs> and of course... Caffeine is the official drug of Christianity. <laughs> Lord, don't strike me down for, that's a joke. <laughs> that is a joke. But it seems to have some truth to it. Because, you know, I'd say most people give up those sort of worldly things, but we hold on to coffee. <laughs> and coffee is good. Especially if it is mushroom coffee <laughs> and cookies for greatest immunity support go to ror.petclub247.com all right let me start reading in chapter eight i'm going to read the entire chapter and then i don't know how far we'll get but the lord will give us a good stopping place if we don't get through the whole chapter 
When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out with his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, begging him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, terribly tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you, as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. She got up and waited on him. Now when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were ill. This happened so that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet would be fulfilled. He himself took our illnesses and carried away our diseases. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. Then a scribe came to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes. And the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And another of the disciples said to him, Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. 
But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, a violent storm developed on the sea, so the boat was being covered by the waves. But Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. The men were amazed and said, What kind of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he came to the other side, in the country of Gadarenus, two demon-possessed men confronted him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, What business do you have with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now there was a herd of many pigs feeding at a distance from them. And the demons begged him, saying, If you're going to cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. And they came out and went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. And the herdsmen ran away and went into the city and reported everything, including what happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. <laughs> ah, there is so much here. I really hope that we can get through the whole chapter because I just want to talk about everything here. Well, let's just start off in verse 1. So Jesus has just finished the Sermon on the Mount. And there's large crowds following because they were amazed. If you remember the very last part of chapter 7, how they were amazed at the things that he taught him. In fact, let me just go back and read verse 28 of Matthew uh, 7. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So they knew, no, no, he's above everybody. Nobody could speak this way. So he has large crowds following him as he's coming down from the mount. And a man with leprosy came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This is such a wonderful story, and you have to understand 
um, and most of you do because you've read the Bible, and leprosy is still around today, by the way. It's uh, in some countries, it's still a problem, although there are cures. It's, you know, pretty much something that is fairly easily handled now and, and, and even inexpensive to combat. It's a shame that there is still leprosy in the world because there's no reason for it. But someone with leprosy was basically quarantined. They were cut off from their families. Um, nobody would touch them because they felt at the time that leprosy was transmitted through touch. And in fact, it was, they thought it was, you don't even want to be close because if the wind is blowing a certain way, the leprosy could blow on to you. And so they were unclean and led miserable lives. And of course, you've, if you've never seen pictures of leprosy, you know, limbs rot and decay and fall off. But this man who was struck with leprosy knew that this was his chance. He knew that this was the Messiah. Like this was someone beyond anything he's ever seen before. And I love what he says here. He's asking for a miracle, okay? And we can learn from this as well. Because he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And I wonder, you know, when we pray, well, not us, <laughs> not us, but you know, the still pagan Christians, <laughs> um, we don't command Jesus. He reached out with complete humility, acknowledging that he knows Jesus can, and Jesus wants to heal. It's the heart of God. And you'll see it over and over in the scriptures. But Jesus reached out with his hand and he touched him. Now, if you had touched a leper in those days, you would be set aside until it was proven that you did not have leprosy. It could, could have taken weeks, months, who knows? Uh, but you would be considered very unclean, so no one would touch a leper. But Jesus did. And he touched him, saying, first of all, I am. One of the many times Jesus says, I am, which is one of the names of God. But he said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And of course, the man was cleansed immediately. But think of this in your own life. 
because we know Jesus went to the cross. He was willing. And what did he do for you? You were also made clean. In fact, to a much greater degree than just leprosy. And it's interesting here in verse 4, and Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one. <laughs> and I think, and I'm this is just Jeff thinking out loud here, but I think part of that was to satisfy, you know, the uh, the disciples and stuff like that, because, whoa, you know, the, the all the scribes, the Pharisees, they're going to come after you now, Jesus, because you touched a leper. No one's going to go near you. But he says, but go show yourself to the priest and present an offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And to be allowed back in the place of worship, in the synagogues, in the church, the priest had to make that call. So you'd go in, present an offering, and the priest would inspect you and make the decision if you could rejoin the assembly. Now, we learn from the other Gospels that uh, <laughs> that this man did not obey Jesus. And by the way, he didn't surprise Jesus by doing this, but he went and told everybody. And of course, here's a guy who has leprosy. Everyone saw he had leprosy for however long it was. And all of a sudden he doesn't. What happened? Well, how could you not tell the story? Verse five. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a century came to him begging him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, terribly tormented. And let, let's just look at that. So a centurion, uh, century means 100, and a centurion in the Roman army, he would be in charge of 100 men. So a man of some power and authority, certainly, and probably of some wealth. And it's also important to know that at this time, you know, the Jews were under Roman authority, right? So he was a person of authority, and Jesus was a Jew, right? So for this centurion, a man of authority, to humbly come before Jesus, and I think it's fascinating to me that this centurion cared about his servant. Now, was it that he cared because this person was not be able to serve him? No, I don't think so. Because he's saying the person is laying paralyzed at home and terribly tormented. And when he see paralyzed and terribly tormented, I, 
I think that the person was possessed to some degree, if not just fully possessed. And it would make sense as we go through this chapter that that is what's happening because there's a torment upon him. And Jesus answers the centurion. He says, I'll come and heal him. Sure. You asked. And he asked nicely. Now, the Lord knew what his response was going to be, obviously. And the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. And you know what? The centurion was not worthy. None of us are worthy for Jesus to come under our roof. But Jesus still says, I am willing. And you see, these examples, the leper and the centurion here, and more to come, speak of Jesus' willingness to meet the needs of his people. Now, does absolutely everyone get healed today? No. Paul, you'll remember, begged the Lord three times, if I remember correctly. Lord, take this thorn out of my flesh. And, like, and after the third time asking, Jesus said to him, no, I have a greater purpose in it. Um, suck it up, buttercup, right? <laughs> no, you're stuck with it. You need that humility, Paul. For some reason, Paul needed whatever, whatever that reason was. He needed it. Paul didn't like it, but he accepted it. And so he says, with just a word, my servant will be healed. So he has great faith, the centurion. And the centurion, you see, just like the end of verse 7, Jesus was spoke with authority ahead, above the scribes, above the Pharisees. The centurion understands authority because he operates in authority, and he's under authority. And he says that. He's saying, I recognize you are the top one. You are the authority, Lord. Because he says, for I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my slave, I say, do this, and he will do it. The centurion doesn't need to ask someone twice. He gives a command, and it's done. If you don't, apply, if you don't follow the command of your commanding officer, there's a big penalty to pay. And who knows what the Romans were capable of. 
that this is a good man. And he's saying that he recognizes the authority of Jesus, just as the leper, the leper did. And in verse 10, I love this verse. Pay attention to this. Now when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. So the centurion, you know, first of all, like the uh, even though the Jews were under the rule of Rome, the Jews kind of had special rules. They were cut out of certain things. They were allowed to practice certain ways and things like this. And they still, the Jews, even though they're under the authority, they look down at the goy. Okay, and he is a he's a Gentile, he's a goy, he's not a chosen person. And when Jesus said he was amazed, now he wasn't amazed because he wasn't surprised. Oh wow, you really do believe. Jesus knew all of these things would happen. But when he says he was amazed, this is, you have to understand in this book, this is Matthew pointing it out. And I think that, you know, Matthew and the disciples truly saw the joy that that statement gave Jesus. And it's a lesson for you that Jesus takes joy in you having great faith. You want to know how to please Jesus? Have great faith. Keep his commandments. Go out and do what you're called to do. Do you want Jesus to have great joy in you? I do. Man, I do. And I'm not doing enough. I'm telling you right now, I'm feeling it in my bones that I'm not doing enough. I want to do more. I desire to do more for the Lord Jesus. And to those who were following, truly, so that means truly, <laughs> I say to you, I have not found such a great faith with anyone in Israel. Hey, where were his uh, his disciples from? Is he saying this goy, this Gentile, even had greater faith than them? Perhaps, of course, they, they're being taught, but the centurion knew power. 
And he pleased the Lord. And it pleased the Lord to heal his servant. And listen to 11. This is another shot at the Jews. <laughs> Who else could he be talking about? And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, from the east of Israel, from the west of Israel, and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Now, who are the Jews? Well, we're the chosen people from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We worship that God. They didn't see him coming, did they? They were the ones with, with the Torah. They were the ones with the scriptures who memorized it, who knew all of the signs. They had all the prophets. They knew all of the signs of the coming of the Messiah. And he fulfilled every one of those beyond measure impossible for anyone to do, any person to do. Only God could do it. And they did not recognize them. Verse 12, but the sons of the kingdom, <laughs> oh, the ones who claim we're the chosen people, will be thrown out into the outer darkness in the place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I know that there's some other scriptures that I think people misinterpret, saying, no, 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 all the Jews are going to be saved. That's at the end. They're just all going to be saved. Well, that goes against this scripture here, doesn't it? But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, into the place where the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness means complete separation from God. That's hell. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, of course, not all. <laughs> not all. Obviously, we know that we have the 144,000 that are saved. We know that a lot of these, David, <laughs> you know, God loved his heart. There's a lot that gets saved. But many, again, I, I'm just saying the, uh, I think it's the uh, synagogue of Satan here. He's talking about those who claim to be and who are not. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Verse 13, And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, and it shall be done for you, as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. I just want to talk about faith here for a moment. And this whole chapter is really about faith. Well, except for the part at the end, um, which really is about faith as well. But, you know, I've been 
exposing false doctrine on this show for a long time and the word of faith ministries and stuff like that. And, you know, they pray for your miraculous hearing. They want signs and wonders and all this stuff. And if you didn't get healed, that's your lack of faith, you know, uh, go back and you better start believing in God. And it just devastates people. But learn from the leper, Lord, if you are willing. You know, healing still happens. There are some people will say, no, hasn't happened. The gifts aren't operating. Ever since the book of Acts, when the last apostle died, they're done. And that's a that's a doctrine out there. And you know what? Um, at least it's not a super dangerous doctrine that leads to destruction. So if someone believes that, well, I just pray for them that their eyes will be open and they'll believe it's the same God yesterday and today. And God still heals. Certainly, we have evidence of that. Uh, we have evidence in our prayer meetings just about every week. We have evidence in, in our lives, in our neighbors' lives. God still, still heals. And sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. And he is just in whatever he does. Now, does he want to heal you? Yes. But sometimes an infirmity could be best for you. As hard is, as that is to understand, sometimes hard thing, hardships in our lives are good for us. We need to go through it. However, there are many scriptures that we'll cover in the book of Matthew where Jesus says, you are healed because of your faith. And I'm just going to say to you that unless you believe, well, if you believe strongly, you have a much better chance of being healed. Because we are called to believe. That's that's the that's the key to your salvation is belief. But you know, I've often said on this program, and of course, you guys know that there's nothing about this man who's speaking in this microphone that is any better than anyone else. In fact, I'm lower than most of you and I've got to know a lot of you and I can tell you the truth that I am worse than you. And I'm not bragging about that. I was really, really bad. And it's just taken me a longer time to kill off some of that stuff. Right. Um, those who were far gone have much to be thankful for. And I'm certainly overwhelmed with thankfulness for what God did in my life. And because of the miracles in my life, in my personal life, I have a super strong faith. And I want you to hear this. This is a teaching moment, if I may. 
I'm just using myself as an example because that's all I got is my experiences that I can speak. I can give someone else's experience, but it's not the same as if I give mine. Faith really increased in me when I made a decision. And I simply made the decision, I will believe no matter what. In good times, I will believe. In bad times, I will believe. No matter what the deception comes up. Oh, we found these other books of the Bible that, you know, the history, they've they've hidden them from you as they don't want you to know how great you are in God and that you can be God and all this stuff is going to come out. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to buy into it. I have chosen to believe the words of the Bible to be true because they are. And when it says in the, in chapter 22 of revelation, if anyone adds or takes away from this book, it means to me that the book is complete. So I choose to just believe it no matter what my circumstances are. And when I got rid of, when I got rid of that, because you know what, uh, you know, I did that video on, uh, on Thursday, you know, and, and the preacher in his 45 minute intro to get you to listen to alchemy, just have an open mind, dude, is what he's saying. Just have an open mind. No, I don't have an open mind. Am I open to greater revelation in the Bible? Yes, because we will never get the entire depth of what God has put into it. We will never get there. Not in the flesh. But I don't have an open mind. I don't have an open mind that Buddha got this right. <laughs> and if we just put a little bit of Buddha into this, or whatever it is, that we're going to be more complete in God. No. I choose to just believe him at his word. Now, I want to be very honest with you, and this is to help you because none of you have arrived and neither have I. There are parts of my life where I lack faith. And so do you. If Jesus were to say to you today, Sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Would you do it? I think I might, but I can't tell you 100% that I would. Now, thankfully, <laughs> to this point, God has not asked me to do that. Because I, I believe that he has called me to take care of my family, to provide for my wife, to provide for my daughter, my grandson, my nieces. I believe that he has me in this position. At some point in my life, 
I actually am expecting him to ask that of me. So I'm preparing in my mind now for when that time comes. <laughs> and if I can be brutally honest with you, there are <laughs> my the possessions that I value most are <laughs> are not what most people would think. Like honestly, if if the Lord said to me, sell all you have and follow me, I would probably be begging of him. Well, Lord, I I will do as you say, and I want to follow you. But can I do it on my Harley? I can be much more effective in the mark in the <laughs> out there in the ministry. If I can get from place to place to place, you know, let me let me ride that golden donkey. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I said golden for a reason. It's not gold, but it's almost like, a you know, it's a problem for me. Um, I'm not stewarding my guitars right now. I'm not playing them. I have a whole bunch of them and some of them were of, are pretty significant value. I'm not stewarding them, man, but I'm not selling any either. But I also think that the Lord's going to ask me to play again sometime. In fact, I'm confident in that. But there's parts of me that when I pick up a guitar, I'm prideful. It hasn't gone away. For a time, he allowed me to serve in a worship setting, and I did it with the spirit of honesty and truth and worship. But on my own, when I practice and stuff like that, it's pride. So... I'm just saying, faith is a gift, but it's also a choice. And don't think for a second that you're all there. Oh, I'm just looking at chat. He asks us to give up whatever is in his way, his being capitalized. Amen. Amen, Laura. Can I, can I just say something um, separate from the Bible study for a second here? Um, Laura, I'm so thankful for you. You have uh, become really wise counsel to me. And I'm glad that you have uh, been able to pick up the phone. And I, I do go to people for advice, folks. I don't have all this stuff figured out. I have many counselors, and uh, Laura has really, really become one of those. And I have a great trust in her, and I pray that she trusts me as well to have her back. And same with the entire prayer team. You know, Teresa, Val, Katie, Katie, <laughs> both Katies. Uh, well, Kimberly, I should say, but she comes up as Katie Q., uh, who's another real special person. You guys are all so special to me. Really, really. To be knitted together with such great people is a privilege from the Lord. So verse 14, when Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw the mother-in-law laying sick in bed with a fever. 
and he touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and waited on him. <laughs> um, so here's an interesting one. She didn't ask. She was just laying in bed, sick with a bad fever. She didn't even ask. But Jesus, as an example for you and for me, Jesus saw the need and he went to the need. Right? Oh. There's a problem there. What can I do in the name of the Lord Jesus? Lord Jesus, what can I do? Tell me, Lord, what can I do? How can I serve you in that situation with that person? You know, there's, there's one other thing I want to say about healings. Um, I've noticed something, and I'm not saying this is this is a rule or anything of any kind, but I've noticed something. I have many people I've known through the different churches that I've gone to that have gone out and become missionaries, and uh, and one family in particular, uh, Jim and Karen, and they had you know three kids who just had become young adults essentially and they decided to sell everything and go serve the lord for two years so they did they sold everything they converted their money into gold for safekeeping so they'd have something when they came back and they went and just trusted the lord they didn't bring their wealth with them or anything they went to africa to serve and when I heard of all the miraculous things they, that they experienced, and I've heard this from people who go out to serve, that they really experience it. And I think there's something to be said about not just sitting in our little box, in our little living room. Well, let me pray for you while I'm in my living room sitting on my comfy couch. I think there's something that just God sort of honors it when you put more effort into serving him and really depending on him. And then, you know, if you do some missionary work or, you know, and it could be even in, in your city uh, where you live in, it could be a dangerous place. But when you step out in faith to serve him, I just really see the, uh, miracles ramping up so if you're not seeing enough of the supernatural miracles perhaps get up and go out as i'm saying that's not uh i can't prove that biblically but that is what some of the observations that i've made over the years lead to Verse 16, now when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. 
<laughs> was was it night just for dramatic effect? <laughs> Bringing all these uh, demon-possessed people out at night? <laughs> I don't know why it says when evening came, but I guess this just the way it happened. But they brought him to many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. Now, I'm curious. It says a word, singular. And it describes it as being a word. What word do you think Jesus said? Put it, put it in the in the chat if you have a guess. And it's just a guess because from my recollection, none of the other gospels describe what that word is either. From my recollection, I didn't study all four of the gospels uh, to do this, but. I have a feeling I know what it is. Or at least I have a good guess. All right. I'm not seeing anything in the chat yet. <laughs> I think there's about a 15-second delay. So he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill, every one of them. So uh, this is kind of interesting, and I, and I always try to picture this in my mind. You know, I try to just visualize what's happening here because I tend to get a little bit of a different picture when I do that. And I think, okay, well, what, what if I was one of the disciples standing there watching this? What would I be seeing? So first of all, um, he cast out the spirits with a word. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, okay. So we have Wendy says go. L. Brooks says go. And Jack says out. Those would be my top two guesses. Right there. Yeah, but we don't know. But it was just a word. But what's interesting here <clears throat> to me was, first of all, it, it, this is in order, right? They brought to him many who were demon-possessed. So they bring all the demon-possessed people, and who knows how many there were, but they it says there were many, many people demon-possessed. And by the way, there's still many people demon-possessed in this world. Make no doubt about it. And as we go through Matthew, we're going to learn a lot more from Jesus about the demon world. In fact, there's a little bit more in this chapter about it, but trust me, we're going to learn a lot more about it. But he brought many who were demon-possessed. Many? Sounds like a lot. And with the word, okay, you, you, you guys are okay. One word, he just dealt with them. Bang. Now bring me the sick. And healed all who were ill. All. All of the people who were brought to him. 
Now, was it Jesus working overtime? Maybe. Maybe maybe it was a long time he was there. But it sounds like it would happen pretty quick, and it was evening, you know, kind of a long day, you know. <laughs> pretty long day. And Jesus was walking as a human, so, you know, he would get tired, he would sleep, he would get hungry. All right, let's just do this. Get out. You're healed. I got to go to bed. <laughs> but this all happened so that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet would be fulfilled. He himself took our illnesses and carried away our diseases. And I'm, I'm not going to flip to that, but that is in Isaiah 53. And I'm, I'm just going to end on, on this here. I can't wait to get to the next part of this chapter. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, big lessons. So I'm glad that... Uh, we're going to do this in two parts, this chapter. Um, many people take those verses in Isaiah to mean he accomplished it on the cross. And it does kind of sound that way. But it's not correct. And it's provably true. Because Jesus does not heal every person who needs to be healed. Otherwise, everyone who is a Christian would never be sick. Because your sin is gone. You won't answer for your sin. That he did on the cross. So don't conflate the two. Um, but this was to fulfill those scriptures. Again, Jesus had to fulfill every prophetic word about him. Otherwise, he was not God. Because God couldn't miss. I came short on that one. I don't know if that Jesus guy was actually God. He missed. He didn't miss a thing. So you're going to see this. So he would fulfill that word quite a bit as we study the life of of Jesus. Hey, if you want me to pray for you, I should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, you can put it in the chat in uh, all caps, please. And I will certainly be willing to pray with you. Um, and if you have a testimony, then please put your testimony in here because I love to read testimonies. Depart would be another word. Yes. Oh, that might be it, KDQ. Depart. It's still one word, but it kind of says go out at the same time. But same thing, right? Um, and by the way, if you're just listening on Podbean, a lot of people will tune out at this point. Eh, he's just going to pray. You know, sometimes the Lord gives something else to say afterwards. So you might have missed out on some stuff in the past. Just saying. And uh, while I wait for you guys to 
put any prayer in there. Actually, let me just open up something here and see if this works. I'm not sure if it will, but I'll just show my screen for a moment. Uh, some of these programs take too long to load. Okay, I'm just going to show you something really here because I've, I've been saying this for months and um, I've never backed it up with proof, but I'm just going to show you my email. Uh, I want to do that screen. So if you can see on screen here, um, so you can see the date. Uh, this is from Sunday, 0204. That's today. Uh, crowdfunding campaign patron failed payment notification. Failed payment notification. Uh, from Saturday, failed payment notification. From Friday, failed payment notification. So these are usually just credit cards that expire. Um, from Thursday, I've got... Oh, no, that's statistic. Oh, I do have a, a pledge that went up. So there are some good news here. Um, and then we go down to uh, Monday, failed payment. Oh, congratulations on publishing 800 episodes on Podbean. I missed that. Uh, but last Sunday, failed notification. Last Sunday, another failed notification. Um, Saturday, the 27th, I had two that failed notification. Um, so when I tell you this, it's just actually true, folks. Um, and most of you are good-hearted people who want to uh, continue to support the show, but um, it happens. It happens, and it's a, it's a fluctuation. Okay, we're going to pray for that again, core core. Yeah, some some things. So you know, oftentimes I will um, <laughs> just pray once because I really think that I have a strong faith and I believe that prayer. But sometimes we really need to just keep going at the Lord for certain things. So we're going to pray for that again. Um, a rare cancer surgery in the roof of her mouth. Oh my goodness, that sounds horrible. Yeah, and uh, if if listen, we're gonna pray for God to step in. Um, but if she does choose to do the the mushrooms, um, if if you're want to do the mushrooms, you're not gonna feel any differences if you're healthy. But it is gonna st still be repairing your immune system. It's preventative. If you have cancer. Um, I suggest that that person would do what Chris has done, and that's like take 10 a day. So that would be five bottles a month, 10 a day. So that's about 300 bucks a month. But as we have testimonies from Gina, 
less than one month, her cancer went away. And with Chris, his stage three cancer went away in 56 days. So under two months, so under 600 bucks and he was charred. He was freed of it. So, um, also, oh, strained your ankle. We'll pray for that as well. And by the way, everyone, this is not just me praying. We've got virtually the whole prayer team here in in there, and and there's many others. Actually, there's a hundred and seven watching live right now, and I'm sure the majority will pray along. Actually, that's just on that's just on Rumble. So I've got a whole bunch of people on Facebook watching. I've got people on Twitch watching. D Live are watching. Hello, I don't say hi to those. And and I'm noticing uh, I'm getting like 150, 160 views on, uh, on Twitter now as well, because I'm broadcasting live to Twitter at the same time as well. So um, many people are going to join along in these prayers. So it's not that, you know, the Lord Jesus gets any credit. It's not because there's anything special with me. <laughs> Just be sure of that. Although I have a strong faith and I believe God will answer these prayers as we pray them. So Heavenly Father, I pray first for Slupski, Lord. Lord, we, these bodies are, uh, well, they're fallen. And Lord, sometimes we're not as good of stewards as we should be with the temple that houses the living God in it. And Lord, sometimes just accidents happen. And Lord, a wrong step and a twisted ankle. And Lord, although we know it's not life-threatening, it's a hindrance and it's painful. And Lord, we just pray your divine healing on that ankle. Lord, we pray that it be healed and done, well, just like the leper and the fever here, Lord. We pray that they're done immediately so that it'll be noticed. You know, sometimes, Lord, you've done healings in us, and if it felt somewhat gradual, we might not necessarily give you the praise that you deserve because we just forget about it. Oh, my back was hurting, and now it's not, so we're not thinking about it, Lord. But, Lord, I pray, touch that ankle right now, we ask in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we pray for poor Cora's husband. Lord, alcohol can be very bad. And alcohol, especially alcoholism, takes over lives, Lord. And that is, you, you warn us against that, Lord, that we should never let these things take control of our lives. And it's called spirits for a reason, Lord, because it opens people up. Lord, we know if, if he's filled with the Spirit, he can still be an alcoholic. If he's filled with the Spirit, he cannot be possessed, but he can be tormented. Lord, and it sounds like the torment is happening, and it has severely affected this marriage. God, you are the God of marriage. And I ask not only for his sake to be set free from this demon of alcohol, but Lord, for the sake of that marriage. Give them a testimony of your goodness. And Lord, then send them out together as a couple 
to minister to others and to do your will. Lord, right now, in their current circumstance, it would be very hard for them to be effective in your service, Lord. We pray for a restoration of that marriage and a rest restoration of that man back to you. And we pray for your continued blessing upon her life to be able to deal with it, Lord, in patience and love as you would, and honoring her husband even if he's not acting honorable. Lord, give her the gift that she can still serve her husband even if he does not seem worthy in the flesh. It's still your order, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, we do pray for this rare cancer that's in the roof of a mouth, Lord. Lord, our mouth is the gateway for our words. Our mouth is our gateway for our nutrition. Lord, how horrible is this man-made disease, Lord? Cancer is not from you. This is man-made, demon-inspired. Lord, and it has been a plague on the people of this earth. And many of your people, Lord, have suffered from this. Lord, I pray your hand upon this person. And I ask for healing in Jesus' name of this terrible disease of cancer. Lord, your hand be upon this cousin. And Lord, I pray that it witnesses to the doctors, to the nurses, that even they will start to turn away from the pharmacia that's all they know. They've been programmed to sell your farm, their pharmacia. Lord, they would turn away and say, surely this is not an answer. And I would pray, Lord, that they would stop ever. They would never recommend chemo again. Lord Jesus, just like the people in this example, in this chapter, Lord, how effective they were, like the men of the tomb, Lord, how effective they were because of your healing in their life. I pray this over each one here that has lifted up a request in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me make sure I saw everyone. Okay, we got the ankle, husband deliverance, cancer, scrolling down. No, we're all good. Hey, native mom, good to see you. Good to see you here as well. Hey, thanks for being here, everyone. Um, if uh, all goes well, then I plan to do an introductory show on Thursday. 
of the right on community. And I know it's not Intel, it's not this, it's not that. <clears throat> but I'd pray that you'd uh, want to listen to that particular broadcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and if I don't do it on Thursday, I'm committed to do it the following Tuesday. Uh, there's a chance I might do something else on Thursday, although it's my heart to do this uh, with the right on community thing. So uh, with having said that, I'll see you next time. Thanks for being here, everyone. God bless each and every one of you. Remember, and I'm going to say it in order <laughs> for those of you who are wondering. <laughs> so I always like to start with be loved. Because when you know that you are loved by God most high, then you can be assured because you are beloved that you be blessed <laughs> by him. How could God most high love you and not bless you? And to be assured of all of the blessings that God has intended for you. And so you will not be deceived. You need to be the Berean. Do not trust me. Do not trust anybody else. Read the word for yourself and let the Holy Spirit minister to you because that is the only way you will truly get it. Now, can you learn from listening to abroad yeah please stay with us <laughs> i'm kind of committed now and i actually need the gig so please stay with us but be the berean and when you read the things for yourself his word is supernatural it is alive it will come over you powerfully and your faith will be built up and you will simply believe. <laughs>